Welcome back everybody to Jack Sherwanka Talks. I am Jack Sherwanka and today we have a great lineup for you guys. We're going to start off talking about last night's All-Star Game where the American League won 3-2, extending their win streak to 9 straight All-Star Game victories. And then we will move on to my halfway point player awards for Major League Baseball. So we're going to be going through uh, Rookie of the Year's, American League MVP, Cy Young Award winners, Closer of the Year's, all that good stuff uh, for my halfway point. And to top it all off, we are going to be going with uh, my final MLB standing predictions. I th I'm going to tell you guys who I think is going to fall off, who I think is going to get a lot better, and who I think is going to stay on their pace and... Yeah, I think I'm going to tell you guys where everybody is going to stand by the end of the year. Alright, but let's start off talking about last night's American League versus National League All-Star Game. One of the best nights of the day, one of the best days of the year in my opinion. It's like a second Christmas for baseball, I guess you could call it. Uh, something that's really made it extra special to me in these last couple of years is the fact that everybody is always mic'd up if you watch it on Fox last night. We got to see a lot of different interviews um, from both sides. We got Garrett Cole from the American League. Uh, Otani uh, didn't actually talk on there. Uh, Judge was also on the mic. Giancarlo Stanton and Julio Rodriguez also was able to get on the mic after a monstrous home run derby that he had. And Jose Trevino also got his first all-star game hit uh, for the New York Yankees. And, yeah, I mean, they, they kept saying it last night, and everybody who seemed to get mic'd up seemed to have something good going for them. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton uh, got mic'd up in the top of the, no, in the bottom of the third, I'm pretty sure, top of the fourth. He hits a two-run bomb, drives in Jose Ramirez, and is able to catch up to the National League. But before we get into all that, let's get into the summary of the game. So, right off the bat, in the top of the first, nothing happens. Right off the bat, in the bottom of the first, though, the National League uh, comes up. Acuna gets on. Uh, he gets a hit. And uh, Mookie Betts also gets a hit. And then, followed by that, Manny Machado uh, does get just ground into a nice double play made by, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Andres Jimenez to Tim Anderson to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., then Paul Goldschmidt coming up, blasting a home run, two nothing National League. It was a solo shot. Uh, Acuna did come around to score before that, and Acuna did come around to score on the double play. After that, Paul Goldschmidt hits a bomb out to left field, two nothing National League. And since then, from there on out, nothing really happened for the National League. But on the American League side, top of the fourth. Three runs come across. Tony Gonsolin uh, was absolutely dominant for the LA Dodgers in this first half of the season. Was carrying the lowest ERA in baseball until about a week ago. No, probably yeah, about a week ago maybe. Maybe probably even less than that. And then he came into the game uh, for one inning. Did not pitch as well as he was all season long. Led up three runs. Uh, including two back-to-back -back home runs. The first home run, well, let's let's start at the beginning. Jose Ramirez gets a base hit, followed by that. 
Giancarlo Stanton, who was just mic'd up in the previous half inning. Hits a two-run bomb out to left field, right where apparently he and his dad used to sit. They apparently used to go to a lot of Dodgers games when he was a kid. A lot of Southern uh, California natives in this game, by the way. Right after that, Byron Buxton comes up to the plate thinking, I can't strike out for a second time. He also hits a bomb that was pretty high at the letters, maybe even at the eyes. It was a pretty high pitch, and he also takes that out to left field. 3-2 American League, and we head to the bottom of the fourth, 3-2 American League lead. And since the, after that point, not too much action, no runs scored from then on out. And overall, the National League very much struggled in this game. They got off to a hot start, um, but after that, they just did not pitch as well, or they did not hit as well as they would like. Shane McClanahan not having the best game as he would have liked. He has been very nice all season, though. Uh, maybe he was just trying to save his arm. But then again, he is on the younger side. Maybe he was just not used to taking up as big of hitters as he was, especially since he, even if he was in the American League East, the best division in baseball right now. All right. Um, but yeah, so 3-2 American League victory. Giancarlo Stanton got the All-Star Game MVP. And... Overall, everybody played solid. We're gonna take a look at the two legends on each side of the t on the, each side of the field for the American League. Miguel Cabrera went 0 for 1, a little disappointing. National League, Albert Pujols 0 for 1 as well. But yeah, at least they got their chance at a final All Star game. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, or I'm sorry, Albert Pujols being in, I'm pretty sure like nine of these before. But he got his final taste of an all-star game, and he will now most likely play out the last half inning of the season. And we now move on to my halfway through the season awards. We are going to go through every award that's given out, all the big awards that are given out in Major League Baseball at the end of the year, except Golden Glove. I didn't want to give out 18 awards for all that. I probably could have, but I just didn't want to waste all that time on the podcast. Alright, but we start off with the American League MVP, Shohei Otani. I'm giving this one to. Pretty obvious call, in my opinion. Two-way player. We've never had a player even close to this since Babe Ruth. Uh, Pitching-wise, 2.38 ERA. Uh, tied for the 8th most strikeouts in the MLB. With a whip under 1, 9-4 record. On a team that has struggled so far this season. And... Then we take a look at his batting. Uh, overall, has been a solid hitter in his career. But this year, a little bit lower than we're normally used to, especially in the 2018 and 2019 season. 258 average. However, hitting 19 bombs. Very nice. 15 uh, doubles, 2 triples uh, throughout 89 games and 333 at-bats. So I'm going to give this one to Shohei Otani just because of the two-way player dynamic and how helpful he is to that Angels roster. And I said it yesterday and have said it before. Paul Goldschmidt getting MVP for the National League. Having an absolutely crazy year. Always one of the most overlooked players in the entire MLB even when he was in Arizona. But always has been very good, especially in these past four seasons with St. Louis. This year... Doing absolutely amazing stuff. 330 batting average. 
in 2022 um, with a .414 on-base percentage, uh, 70 RBI already. Yeah, 70 RBI already on track to hit over 130 RBI. That would be absolutely crazy as long as he can keep this rate up. Seems unlikely, especially since most players' stats dip in the second half of the season. Uh, 112 hits and 339 at-bats. 64 total runs. No triples on the season, but 28 doubles and 20 home runs. This guy is going absolutely crazy. Had a hit streak of about 25 at one point, I remember. And having a war of 4.8 so far this season. So that does it for the MVPs of the year. And for the Cy Young Awards of the year for the AL, we are giving it to the one, the only, Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. 1.71 ERA so far on the year with a whip of 0.8, 147 strikeouts. Dylan Cease is leading the American League in strikeouts. However, this guy is only three strikeouts behind, and I think that he could take over Dylan Cease very quickly. The only reason I didn't choose Cease is because Shane McClanahan's got a lower ERA and a lot lower of a whip. But yeah, that's it. Shane McClanahan, 25 years old. As long as he can keep up this uh, rate, which seems hard in an entire MLB career. This is o this is only his second year. Last year, he had an ERA of 3.43. Certainly not bad. He was a consistent starting pitcher last year. 25 games started. This year, he's already got 18. And uh, he's only given up 21 total earned runs. And for an opponent batting average of 1.76, I'm, I'm giving the AL Cy Young Award to Shane McClanahan. While on the other side of baseball for the National League, we're giving it to the other young guy, 26 years old, playing still on the South, Miami Marlins pitcher Sandy Alcantara. 1.76 ERA, 9-4 so far on the year, a whip of 0.9. Slightly worse than McClanahan, however, one 123 total strikeouts, a little bit worse than McClanahan in there too. But uh, this guy, I think, is the most dominant pitcher in the National League so far. Uh, he's played for two total teams. St. Louis didn't succeed as much as he has been in Miami over these past few years. But this year, he went from an average pitcher, maybe a little bit above average, to an absolutely amazing pitcher. That's just straight up. All right, and now we move on to the Rookie of the Years for the American League. You guys all know where I'm going. Julio Rodriguez playing absolutely incredible this year. Uh, he was in the All-Star Game t uh, yesterday. He played for the Home Run Derby and became very close. 21 years old. This guy is going to be absolutely crazy. 275 batting average, 16 home runs on the year so far with 52 RBI. And um, with a batting average of 275, on base percentage of 337 with a war of 3.6. This guy is the reason that Seattle is on their 14 game winning streak right now. And I think that they might be able to take over. I think they have to beat the Houston Astros next 
but it's one game and then they beat their franchise record right now they're tied at 14 but i think it's very possible uh this team has taken on harder challenges before and swept the series to get to this 14 game winning streak all right and that was an obvious call you guys all knew where i was going on that one but for national league we are going in a little bit of a different direction we are going down to the atlanta braves the starting pitcher spencer strider 23 years old 3.03 era 4-3 win loss record 114 strikeouts that's 10th in the entire mlb with a whip of 1.05 national league was definitely harder than the american league i feel like the american league now that we're in this generation of uh prospects i feel like the american league is getting most of them ali rushman bobby witt jr and julio rodriguez those probably are the three main guys those are probably the three most hyped guys and they are all on the american league side all right but the atlanta braves uh they have spencer strader he can be a Cy Young winner at some point in his career as long as he can keep up these stats. He did technically play in the 2021 season, but it was two games played where he got one win and an ERA of 3.86. But this is the main season where he's really been playing. I'm, pre I'm like 90% sure he qualifies for a starting pitcher. And 3.03 uh, .03 ERA, whip 1.05 strikeout to walk ratio at 3.8 and yeah this guy's just overall probably the best rookie in the national league so far this year uh, but now we're gonna move on to the american league batting title you can't really like deny this one uh since it's just all batting average i feel like Luisa rise of the minnesota twins batting absolutely crazy this year uh, he's just constantly hitting line drives. This guy isn't like a big home run hitter or anything, but he's been the leadoff man for the Minnesota Twins for a little bit now this year. And um, yeah, so far he's had a great year batting 338 with only five home runs, 30 RBI, and an OPS of 856. And he's been on the Minnesota Twins for about four years now, never had. Uh, quite as good of a season as this one but yeah overall the batting average is the main thing that you look at this guy is not a big power hitter he just gets line drives into the right over the second baseman's head and into right field or right over the pitcher's head into center right over shortstop into left you guys all know what i mean but for getting a second award this year this half year uh, for the NL batting title, we're going to go with Paul Goldschmidt here, having the highest batting average in the NL. Paul Goldschmidt batting 330, about, 0 .06, 0, about 0 .006 below Luis Arise. 20 home runs, more home runs than Arise, 70 RBI, a lot more. Uh, third most in the major leagues when it comes to RBI. Having an OPS over 1,000, it's at 1,004, second best and the majors for any qualified player and yeah this guy overall is having probably the best season hitting wise than anybody else in the league and if there was an mlb mvp instead of american league nationally i would absolutely without hesitation give it to paul goldschmidt all right but now we move on to the american league closer of the year and we are moving to the cleveland guardians Emmanuel Classe, 
came on for the final three outs in yesterday's game. Uh, pitched very well, got the three outs, got the save. With an ERA of 1.41 so far on this year, 19 saves, 41 strikeouts, with a whip of .76. This guy has gotten a decent amount of saves for uh, Cleveland. Not the most in the entire league. He's seventh in the entire major league. Major leagues has certainly had a solid MLB career in 2019. 2.31 ERA for the Texas Rangers, 1.29 in 2021 for the Guardians. And in uh, 2022, having a 1.41 ERA this year, playing very nice, though. Uh, I don't know if you can call it a career best, though, unless you can drop it even more and get even better stats than in 2021. But Emmanuel Classe is getting closer of the year for the American League. Runner-up, probably Liam Hendricks. I remember looking at his name a lot. Now we move on to the National League closer of the year. This one was a little bit harder uh, but I decided to go with Josh Hader of the Milwaukee Brewers. 27 saves is the main thing that I was looking at. He leads the entire majors with saves. And although he has a very high ERA at 4.5, and especially in today's day and age this year, having a very low batting average, um, 4.5 ERA, 27 for 29 on saves, 52 total strikeouts with a whip of 1.13. Uh, this one was definitely hard. There was a couple other contestants in the running, but yeah, saves was the main thing. Saves is the main thing that a closer is supposed to do. And he's gotten 27 saves, and that's by far the best in the majors. I think second is about 24, and then everybody else is 20 or lower. My other contestants only had 20 saves, and seven is a lot more, especially for only one half. So that's why I went Josh Hader of the Milwaukee Brewers. All right, but now uh, that our award ceremony is officially over, we are now going to move on to my final predictions for all the divisions. Number one, the AL East, the most competitive division in baseball right now. And just keep in mind that in this division, we got the Yankees, the Orioles, the uh, Blue Jays, um, We got the Yankees, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, um, uh, the Boston Red Sox, and the Tampa Bay Rays. That's right. Um, so right now we got the Yankees uh, on top, followed by the Rays, then the Blue Jays, Boston, Baltimore. And for the final standings, I'm going to say Baltimore keeps going slightly. I don't think they're going to keep going at the streak. They got a streak of... 10 right now. I don't think they're going to keep up with that. So uh, I'm going to go with Boston uh, falls down into last. They're in fourth right now. Baltimore moves up to fourth. I think, I think that Toronto can pick it up. I think they move into second and Tampa Bay moves into third for a final standing of New York, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Boston. And now we move on to the American League Central. Minnesota on top. Cleveland right behind. Chicago White Sox at 500 right behind them. Detroit and Kansas City below 500 following the Chicago White Sox. I got the White Sox finally starting to do good. Uh, they got they beat the Twins 3-1 to in the series. So I got them finally getting hot this season. I got them on top. Followed by the Minnesota Twins. They got Byron Buxton, Luisa Rise. Cleveland falls down into third. 
and I got Kansas City getting a little bit better I think that they can take over Detroit just by like one or two games I think it's going to be very competitive between Kansas City and Detroit especially considering they're only one game apart so for the final standings I got Chicago on top followed by Minnesota and Cleveland then Kansas City and Detroit now we go over to the American League West Houston on top followed by Seattle Texas the Angels and Oakland Oakland without a doubt staying in last and I think Houston just has too big of a lead right now they're nine games ahead of Seattle so um, in this division I have everything staying the same except I think the LA Angels can take over the Texas Rangers they are three games behind so far so very much possible other than that everybody's pretty far apart when it comes to games back the Seattle Mariners are nine games behind the Houston Astros and the Oakland A's are seven and a half games behind the Angels now we move on to the NL the NL East the Mets leading followed by Atlanta Philadelphia Miami and Washington I got um, this one is definitely tough. New York and Atlanta, both very solid teams. But without a doubt in my mind, Washington is going to stay in last place. And uh, I got Philadelphia and Miami also staying where they are. I got Philadelphia and Miami getting a little bit hot. But I don't think they're quite good enough to take over the defending World Series champion, the Atlanta Braves. So I got the last three, Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington, all staying in place where they are right now. And the Mets in Atlanta are certainly two hard ones. I think the Mets are going to be absolute buyers. And this, I think that they can go for Wilson Contreras, somebody better than James McCann. Uh, James McCann is very solid, but I think that they're going to go for somebody a little bit better. And I think that will propel the Mets and secure their place in first. The NL Central, Milwaukee, followed by St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Chicago Cubs, and the Cincinnati Reds in last. Uh, this one, uh, I, I guess you could call this like one of the most, one of the more entertaining divisions. Uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis, 0.5 games apart, while the other three are all very close together for some, some, some of the worst teams in the majors. But uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of an upset here. I'm going to go with St. Louis getting the division this year with Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado at the corners and uh, Tommy Edmonds also playing very good I, I got St. Louis followed by Milwaukee I think the Cubs are going to fall into last um, I think Cincinnati is going to get a little bit of a bump up Cincinnati's four games behind Pittsburgh right now I think Pittsburgh is, is going to be sellers and I think Cincinnati will boost their way all the way up to third so I got St. Louis, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh, and Chicago in the NL Central. And to top it all off, uh, in the NL West, probably one of the most competitive divisions, LA Dodgers got a 10-game lead there. If Tatis comes back, uh, his, his date that he's coming back keeps getting pushed more and more back. So I don't think San Diego is going to have a chance to take over here. Uh, so I got the Dodgers winning this division. I got the Diamondbacks coming in last probably But the Diamondbacks and Rockies are probably gonna both be not very good But Chris Bryant's back. He's been playing very solid so far So I think the Rockies can get a couple more wins over the Diamondbacks. So I got first and last thing where they are And I think when Tatis comes back uh, They will get San Diego a little bit better and I think San Diego will secure their spot at second and that just leaves San Francisco and Colorado I think San Francisco will uh, 
keep their place above Colorado, even if Chris Bryant is coming back. They're six games ahead, but I, I got the NL West staying exactly the same. Dodgers, San Diego, San Francisco, Colorado, and Arizona. But this will do it for our podcast today. Thank you for listening to Jack Sarwanka Talks. I am Jack Sarwanka, and we will be back every day, including tomorrow. So make sure to check back then. See you later.